0: All right, we're here with a RunningRestaurants.com on location session. I'm here with Darren Johnson, co-owner and founder of Claremont Brewing Company. We're going to talk all about this new business. All right, Darren, so I've been here a couple times. Uh, love it. We've had great experiences. You guys are killing it right out of the gate. Uh, tell me the idea, how it started, your background. What do you got?
1: Well, it, it this plan developed kind of like osmosis. It was not this... Uh, uh, passion for brewing beer that that started. It really started as a real estate investment that uh, it turned into a, uh, a brewery idea and then started adding food and uh, make it more of a restaurant and live entertainment venue. So it went through a, a series of, uh, I would say, osmosis that it, 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 in the business plan changed over the course of about a 12-month period. And we started off, a, a, a gentleman came to me about wanting to put a brewery here on this piece of property that I owned. It was an old feed store. Uh, I thought we were gonna be able to renovate the feed store to feed store. An engineer ended up uh, telling me to knock the building down before somebody dies in it. <laughs> so uh, then the, uh, the the brewery kind of uh, came into existence. Uh, then we decided to add pizza and start broadening the menu i took my wife to breweries all over the world she hated them they had terrible wine she's not a beer drinker and she either drinks wine or vodka uh, it seems to be the case so through this evolution we continue to expand the menu uh to, to broaden the the food uh mix here and then we decided to add the liquor because so many Older people like myself really don't want the calories from beer and to be able to give them some options that are alcohol um, was something that I got a lot of feedback when we were developing the concept. And then, uh, then I added sushi, but the idea with the food all along was it to be very communal and very social, so all of the food offerings are very shareable, whether it's the sushi, chips and salsa, hummus, the pizza. Uh, we've added, uh, today we have a new menu coming out that we have uh, uh, all kinds of sliders, that we have Korean barbecue tacos, but everything was meant to be communal and share. Even our seating is, is designed that way, that it's a place to come hang out, where it's a big group, small group, and we designed the building to be able to accommodate uh, private events so we can uh, keep the, uh, the front open to the public and the back porch in the backyard we can um, do private events in and we are booking a lot of private events uh, Christmas parties holiday parties anniversaries high school reunions you name it a lot of different things that we're, we're booking out there so that's kind of the history and how it is and we redesigned it to be similar to the old feed store that was here that we knocked down and, and rebuilt
0: yeah, what I see is is really interesting. Is I don't think that there was one day where you had this picture in your brain, right? Like it wasn't going to look like this on in day yeah. one. And I, and I know you told the story of you bought the building maybe even years ago with something else in mind, and and this just and it navigated to this. And what what's what's really interesting is I think almost everything is done right here um, in terms of working for what you're you're doing, and so that evolution that you talked about is really interesting, but. But get to the point of integrating things you've learned from the past in a restaurant. Maybe it's the trips you took that you saw you wanted to integrate something with your bar, having the open cold fire pizza, the outside, what what combination of things from your past really led to where you are? Well,
1: I think you kind of hit it on the head. It, you know, I spent a lot of time going to breweries, not just in Florida, the United States, but literally all over the the world, uh, and looking at the things that I thought were were new, unique, things that I really liked, things that you know. Needless to say, I saw a lot of things that I didn't like, and I think with my background in 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 design and corporate event planning. I, my job is really creating a killer guest experience, and it has to really start with that. It, it you know, it, you know, f- food and beverage are kind of my passion, but the reality is the, the customer experience has got to be front and center. And these other things, live entertainment, food and beverage feed into the customer experience. But the customer experience isn't just that either. It's the whole vibe when you walk in the place. You know, how's the lighting? How loud's the music? What type of music is there? Is there even any music? You know, I wanted TVs, but I didn't want a sports bar. I didn't, you know, I wanted pizza, but I didn't want to be a pizza joint. I wanted beer. I definitely wanted to be a brewery, but we also wanted cocktails to, you know, broaden that, that customer base. So, I think, you know, taking all of the things that I learned visiting these other places, all of the things that I know from my, my, my career as a planner and, and designer, I took all of those pieces together and, and wanted to create a killer guest experience. I wanted wows from when you got on the front porch to our, our signage, our outdoor lighting, you know, our bathrooms, our back porch, you know, different seating configurations and stuff you know put uh the centerpiece of our kitchen is a you know an italian uh pizza oven Yeah, you know, i call it the ferrari of pizza ovens it's got a rotating deck in there and we can cook 150 pizzas an hour in that thing yeah, and uh that. you know and it, so it's awesome so even designing the menu designing our craft cocktails or our beer mix it, it all went about the, the whole thing went about the guest experience
0: all right a couple things there that i really i really keyed on and i wrote down killer guest experience so that was built in and so I wanna talk about that. You talk about the wow components when you walk in and it really does work like that. There's several things that you key on, the eyes key on, the, 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 the feature bar here, the outside bar, the patio space, uh, as well as good. As well as so a lot, a lot of things you can really gravitate towards, uh, but I feel like you also built it uh, with profit first. So you, you, didn't, you didn't have a mindset of a new owner like, hey, I have a fun idea and we have some, some things we wanna cook and it's going to be great. It was like no, it was like very thought out, very strategic. Um, profit centers, the, you know, pizzas, low low cost item, profitable. Uh, not a big heavy menu with fifty five thousand things on it. Um, very very thought out. Beer profitable, alcohol profitable. You thought about event space. So the lesson that our, the reason I wanted to talk with Darren is, uh, as a new operator, don't just open and think you're going to do great. You've got to have multiple ideas. Uh, you got to build. You got to bake profit right into the, the thing. So talk more about that. That mentality.
1: Well, I am a serial entrepreneur, and I uh, own and operate three or four businesses currently right now. And all of the painful lessons that I've learned throughout time yeah. has wow. been. Profitability. I don't care how great the idea is. If there isn't a market for the product, and, uh, and and you don't have good margins in it, your your chance of success are are very limited. And I had three restaurants before this, and. We failed miserably at two of them because our costs were too high, our margins were too low, our rents were too expensive, and we were trying to sell a product necessarily that the customers in that geographic weren't accepting so much. So. So, when we decided to do this, and I, and I, and I promised my wife I would never do it again, but I, we, here we are again. But, you know, we started off as like, like, look, if we're going to do this, let's start with the two highest margin items there are in all of food and beverage. If I can make a beer for 50 cents and sell it for six bucks. I got margin. If I can make a pizza and sell it for 16 or 18 bucks and have two or three dollars in it, I got margin. So that gives me the opportunity with some of the lower margin items like salads and things you need to appeal to, you know, the health conscious eater, the female audience and that stuff that are lower margin items. But if you're driving the bulk of your revenue with your high margin stuff, you have the opportunity and for me, the whole purpose of driving revenue and having those margins like that was to be able to book great entertainment and, and it be free to the customer that came in. Right. It's very hard for a, a, a venue to book good entertainment. Every other brewery you go to, you get a solo guitar player, you know, and, and because that's what they can afford based on their 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 revenue mix and also how much what their profitability is you know to put you know we end up putting thousand dollar fifteen hundred dollar bands on that stage all the time and you have to be able to take that money from higher margin items to be able to afford to do that if not i'd be going i'd just be uh, getting to zero every month is not my goal
0: yeah you'd be like it's fun isn't it fun i'm a a bar owner like like everybody's everybody's dancing but i'm not making any money
1: have to look at margins first and every item on our menu we purposely design to get out fast and be communal and 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 start with the margin first right and if and if the margins suck we we do have a couple of things in there that margins aren't aren't great but desserts and salads and some of that stuff but you got to have them you know so you know but we look at every other I ate them on there, whether it's chips and salsa, it's hummus, it's, it's the meatballs, it's the Korean barbecue tacos. You know, we have a big smoker out back that we smoke all of our meats for our proteins that go on our salads and tacos and nachos and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you, you know, and this is what we did. We, I designed a menu, and then I, because what you don't want is a chef. To design the menu because chefs are about food quality, presentation, and that they are not margin focused. You know, kitchen managers manage a menu, chefs design a menu. So what we did is I designed the menu. I hired an executive chef to come in and build every single item, and I had you know, and we he spent two months in our kitchen. We designed pizzas, we designed hummus recipes, we designed Korean barbecue sauces. We designed every single item we designed, and I was there every step of the way. He was seasoned guy, you know what we would you know we wanted to keep it as artisanal as possible and and margin at the same time and if, if you don't do it every step of the way because one ingredient in there can throw can skew the whole right. margin. And you say, okay, do I have to have Himalayan pink salt, or can I use uh, Utah pink salt? Well, it's half the price, and it's still pink salt. I mean, you know, there's places that you have to make business decisions that necessarily just if I let it, the chef run wild, it'd be freaking truffle from south, south of France coming in, and you know, you know, the, this kind of stuff. You know, is the cheese from Wisconsin as good as the cheese from the south of France? It's close, but when you're blending it with four cheeses and you're putting it in a 700 degree pizza oven. I guarantee you nobody can tell the difference. So you have to be you, you you want to stay true to you know artisanal but at the same time profit has got to be first and foremost. You got no shot at success if you don't have margins in your food. And let me tell you what if you're running over 30% food cost you are you're going to be in trouble.
0: You're going to be in trouble. It's going to catch you. Yeah, so so I like I like that you started with a limited menu. I like that you focused on the areas that you talked about and, uh, the times I've come here, I've, I've, I've had pizza. And it's not a cheap pizza, right? It's yeah. a $16 pizza. Right. Uh, but it's good. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'll order it again. I'll order yeah. it, uh, I'll order it tonight when I uh, come back in. But, but it's a good pizza. I feel like I'm getting a good value. It's a full, th- it's a full meal. You know, it's a full meal. So, yeah. so people aren't, aren't, they're not coming here for, you know, a cheap $8 pizza. Right. Right. They're coming here for the experience. And so, um, I, I like that you, that you limited the, every, every single item on, on the menu is built with profitability in mind or, or a feeder to something else. And so let's go into the music because I think it's a big component. I, I've been here on, on the weekends, uh, Friday, Saturday, and live music band is playing. We don't, we don't have it, not showing it here, but great, great vibe. Uh, this, this room is full, you got standing room only, you got people out back as well, you got folks dancing. And a live music venue, certainly in this neighborhood, is unique. Um, And it's unique in in, in independent restaurants to have live music. And you already talked about why, because the economics aren't there unless you bake it in. So you obviously thought that was a big part of it. Um, I think it's a big part of the reason that it's so successful. It just creates this great vibe. Why, why, Why did you have to do that? Well, I mean,
1: if you think about how many places can you name that you can go see a dance band and go dance? I mean, nameless. Oh, like, I mean, how many can you name? It's like zero. Florida? It's like it might. It might. It might point exactly. Yeah, you can go see a solo guitar player in a lot of places. You know, and, and it's. I don't want to say there's anything wrong with that because we we have acoustic night on Wednesday and on the weekends, not during football season, we'll have that that kind of entertainment <laughs> out on the back porch as well. But the, the, I, I have a passion for live music. So that's really what started it. Oh, yeah. And I'm in that business of producing live entertainment. So I wanted a, a venue that where people could, it's part of the guest experience. I mean, you just can't have all this cool stuff and listen to Pandora. You know, it's, it just, it's not the same thing. Live entertainment, people love to sit and watch. They have the choice of sitting and watching or they can dance, dance with their, spouse or watch their spouse dance or or whatever, but people tell me that all the time. God, I love Friday and Saturday nights to be able to come in here and dance, you know, or watch people dance. It's great people watching. So you know, we get, you know, freak shows and everything else out there, but it's great people watching and it's great entertainment and the other thing too is for people in South Lake County. We don't have to drive to Winter Garden, Orlando, to get a fun guest experience. And I tell you, we get—we our customer base is is so broad that it's right. it's amazing it is. that we get families with their kids out here, and we get the retirement community from Kings Ridge, Heritage Hills, and Summit Greens all the time. We get even this week we had a bus show up from a uh, assisted living that wheeled, they parked on a handicap and wheeled in four wheelchairs and four people on walkers, and they sat at that table, and they were drinking beer. I mean, these people were in their 80s, and they were sitting here drinking beer during the day and eating a pizza, and one lady, I helped uh, get her back to the bus, she says, thank you, I love this place, and I love your beer. I'm thinking, this lady, I didn't even think an 80-something-year-old lady would even have any idea about quality beer, and she says, I love your beer. So anyway, it was it was it was it was, uh, it was it was probably the most unique experience that I've seen yet from our demographic that is is wide open as as, as it is, and 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 that is not by accident. You know, right. I, you know, wanted something to for everybody, and you know, and that is, and you can open up that funnel, you know, we're not everything to everybody, but we have very purposely, you know, we just uh, implemented happy hour where it's half price on our craft beer, our house wines and we make our own sangria and we have our own margaritas on tap. That's all half off from three to six. Nobody does that. Nobody could afford to do that if you're not driving revenues from other places. But you know that brings in. You know we look at each one of these different meal periods as a separate revenue and a separate marketing strategy that we have, and we basically have five of them that we look yep. at. We got happy hour, we got lunch, we got happy hour, we've got dinner, and we got private events and special events. Private events are when somebody's you know books some space and has a set menu or, or what have you. And then special events. We'll have a big Halloween party here. Costume. All the employees will be dressed up. We'll have a cast cast costume. To, uh, we've got a band that's touring the United States called uh, JB Crockett from Nashville that'll be here. So we'll do a big thing. It's no. There's no cost to any customer. But you know, you we will hammer it on social media. It's a fun place. There'll be parents with kids out back. Yep. I guarantee it. And there'll be adults in here acting like adults. And those types of events, you know, our our friends uh, at Sun Creek down the street, they're a traditional brewery. They're gonna they do Octoberfest. They do St. Patrick's Day. They do traditional beer drinking things. And they are what I would consider more of a traditional brewery. We'll do the Halloween and Cinco de Mayo and other things like that. So we kind of compliment each other from an event standpoint that we're not competing for the same customer. But at the same time, special events and fun events, Yoga Mosa on, we start this Saturday. Yeah. People are coming in Saturday, 10 bucks. They get an hour yoga session and, uh, in a, in a free, in mimo, a mimosa after, after they're done. So you know uh, events and things like that that really don't cost us anything it, you just have to be a little creative and you know get your staff prepared to be able to facilitate it and execute it correctly.
0: Yeah I, I want to hit on a couple things there. Um, one is uh, I get exactly what you're talking about. We came in right away and I got the I got the vibe. The demographic is exactly what you're talking about. It's from twenties to sixties plus. Uh, the last time we came in there was kids running around in the back uh, which is great, when, and if we, we bring our kids, they would do the same thing. They're playing with the golf balls back there, and just kind of there's yeah. space to have fun. Meanwhile, the adults can actually sit down and enjoy it. So, I, I, I was really kind of uh, su- pleasantly surprised by the vibe the first time we came in when it was a uh, uh, when the music was playing. Uh, again, demographics all over the board, people having fun and dancing, and I was like, I was like, oh man, this is what kind of Claremont needed. So, talk about that aspect of of being a longtime resident and seeing what is here and not here. And then like, boom, you probably knew that there was gonna be a reaction.
1: Well, I've lived here 25 years. My wife is third generation and and our kids, and now we have grandkids here. So we're in our sixth generation of Claremont. And we, unfortunately our downtown is about 25 years behind the curve of redevelopment where everybody else has kind of left us in the dust, uh, so to speak. And when I decided to do this investment, you know, I I had a, a decision to make: Did I want to do it downtown, or did I want to be out where all the traffic count is and yep. fifty thousand cars a day are driving by? You know, and it, it, that's a that is a uh, hard thing to turn down. Absolutely. To come to a, uh, a to decide to build in a destination that I have one hundred and eighty cars go by a day, or, or what? I'm not even sure it's that many, but. You know, but we decided for the sake of downtown and for the sake of the redevelopment that we were going to do it in in downtown. And we knew how starved downtown was for any type of place that you could go have a beer, have a cocktail, you know, have food in in downtown that's open seven days a week, that were open to 11 or 12 at night. So, you know, it was... I stopped you there. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. didn't
0: even know. Like first time I came here, I was like, "Where are we going to park?" You don't even know if, if you, you can park, and maybe you did yeah. a deal with the church, or maybe that just happened. But like, there's not even technically parking.
1: Right. And so think when, about that. So I mean, the, a parking was a uh, a monster mo- mountain that we had to climb and work with the city on to get this. Um, to get the, the parking sorted out here. One of the things in, one of the incentives when you d- develop in, in, in a downtown in the central business district is that you have the ability to build to your lot lines with no setbacks. You don't have to have on-site retention or parking, um, because you're in the downtown. Right. So, but that doesn't mean you don't have to deal with those things in some capacity. So I literally ended up with one parking space, a handicap parking space on my property yeah. that I was you know, struggling to even get that in, in there. But the, you know, so basically the parking is relegated to whatever on, on the street parking there is. So the city had been using the church parking lot across the street for 11 years. And there had been negotiation going on with the church in the city about the city leasing that uh, parking lot from them, be able to allow um, residents to park there for special events, the farmers market, Fourth of July, Vite Up, all those events. So I happened to come along at the at, at the right time to give the city another reason to get that deal done with the church. So. Fortunately for me, I've been a member of that church for 25 years, so I was kind of on both sides of the deal in the negotiations. So I'm talking to the city about what the church needs because I've been one of those people over there that have been... You know, pissed off that everybody's using our parking lot. We're the ones over there picking up the beer bottles and the, all all this stuff all the time. And the city's been using it for years. And so anyway, yeah, um, the city and the church came to a deal. They did a, a lease agreement on it. Uh, the city provided a lot of infrastructure upgrades and stuff over there, lighting and uh, landscape management and curbs and and that kind of stuff. And it was absolutely, you know, the best scenario for us absolutely. because our—I mean, that's that's our parking lot. But we try to be good neighbors. You know, we police that area and make sure that it stays clean. I'm I'm good friends with the preacher. I see him all every day, and you know, I, I know that as being the the neighbor that we want to you know keep that relationship. Yeah, well that, that's healthy. a great yeah.
0: great symbiotic relationship there because yeah. otherwise it would be a little tricky for for parking. So yeah, yeah. I, I was I was curious about that. So cool. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get into some of the uh, the marketing stuff. So, okay. um, opening a new place, um, you you have hopes and dreams and ideas, and you want people to experience it. And I think you baked a lot of that in, but you still don't know if people are going to show up. And, and I think you guys did a really good job on your social media in the in showing construction photos, showing the brewery getting built, this is delivered. So you guys, boom, you opened up with thousands. I mean, I don't I don't know the number, but but thousands of followers are now right. with you guys that process that mentality uh, soft opening like what else did you do to get the momentum going in the beginning, because that, that's the key thing, hitting the ground running.
1: So it, it, it is the key. And, you know, from some past experiences too, and, and living here in Claremont, Claremont's a very fickle. It's a funny town. Whatever the new restaurant is, everybody slams it and <laughs> crush it for the first right. 30 or 60 days. And then all of a sudden, nobody goes there anymore. And it, it's just weird how that, how that works in in this town. But it, it is the, it, it is the reality. It, it was no different from us. But, you know, um, 20 years ago when I owned the restaurants marketing was, was a totally different animal it was very traditional media it was print and oh yeah uh, print and some Home radio stars. some billboards and you know uh, and a lot of couponing and, and 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 that kind of stuff i mean in today's business and my other businesses you know social media is the it, it, you know it's the 300 pound gorilla and you you cannot do social media by accident or oh by the way I'm gonna do a post tonight you have to be very deliberate you have to be very thoughtful you have to have a, a schedule of events and you have to have experts manage that process for you so things are done on a timely basis and and things that are are relevant and current and when something's gonna happen tomorrow that we just found out about man it's it's out there now it's on it's it, everything automatically hits Instagram mm-hmm. Facebook, snapchat and uh, no we don't snapchat but um whatever uh, so whatever the other other ones are so we have a a dedicated team that takes care of all of our our website our newsletter uh and our social media then i hand hey now the restaurant yeah. business there we go that would be live <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> that's good timing yeah so um so so my my kind of my thought was is i knew that first 90 days we were going to have the typical honeymoon period that where with a new kid in town everybody's oh, coming come here come to come try you know we had a 40 minute wait on tuesday nights and stuff you know i'm thinking oh yeah we're like caraba you know who's got a 40 minute with that honeymoon that all that all that wears off you right. know and then you go back and at some point in 30 to 90 days you're going to become just another restaurant in your in your in your market yes sir and then you have to revert to, you have to add traditional media to it to survive so you know we are starting our fifth month we opened June 5th so it was June July August September so for yeah. October we had a little bit of a the benefit of a, a a pretty hard run there June July and it started tailing off in August which is normal for August but anyway the newness the honeymoon period was was over so So now you know I have implemented a full-on major marketing program that where we have we started last week advertising on 103.1 The Wolf Mm -hmm. to really push Mm -hmm. our Thursday country night, Mm -hmm. and so you know I advertise Tuesday, Wednesday, on Thursday because those are nights that I need I I want more business in here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday they're going to do live remotes once a month to promote our country acts that are a country station so i picked one radio station and i wanted to hammer it hard on those three days tuesday wednesday thursday i want key spots i want morning and afternoon drive time stuff i don't want any crap at 11 o'clock i don't want it in the morning i don't want i don't want two dollar spots i want thirty dollar spots and i can't afford many but i'm this is the period i want them so you have to be very deliberate when you're spending that money same with Spectrum TV, next next week we'll start running commercials on ESPN, Channel 13, and Food Network. And you want to be very specific, who is your customer? Who is your customer? And I want to, you, you know, everybody's your customer in our world, but you got to kind of narrow it down to some specific things. Same strategy there, I want to hammer fifteen twenty commercials a day on just a few days versus you know they want to sell you right. all on this whole network you know every channel two times a day on every channel you know I I learned that the heart I learned all these lessons the hard way
0: that's right
1: and um so uh so same thing with print and digital you know through our South Lake chamber uh, we're doing print ads in all of the retirement communities kings ridge heritage hills uh trilogy uh summit greens so they have a monthly magazine so i'm targeting the retirement community for lunch and happy hour they love, you know, that and, and, you know, plus they'll get the other stuff, but very specifically, you know, lunch and happy hour. These people have disposable income. They love drinking beer. And if they come, a lot of them come at night, uh, to see the music as well. So, you know, that's a, okay. that's my print. And then, you know, I'm doing some digital ads with the chamber and some other places. And, uh, so, you know, I, th- I think to be successful, you have to do, a lot of these things and if you can't just rely on social media today I mean if you are the, maybe you some places can and I think a few places Crooked Can would be an example of hitting a grand slam of ha- having a, a, a destination in the perfect location the perfect geographics and it's something that is so close to a walkability and ride your bicycle and walk your dog and golf carts and stuff to recreate that, it, that's an, an anomaly. Those guys do monster volume. It's a really cool concept, but it's you know it, it, it's it, that is not replicatable uh, often. To create that that kind of thing, they the volume of beer they sell over there is mind-boggling. Right, and I see the stats every month, and I know. And uh, but again, when when you're doing you know they don't have to do any more socials. All they have to do. Because they have, you know, such a, they're, you know, in a in an area that yeah. has a ton of residents that were in walking distance. So. Yeah. um So anyway, so uh, from a marketing standpoint, and then our special events fundraisers, being, a, and I just did a whole marketing package up at Legends Way, all the softball fields where we're sponsoring, you know, tickets coming in, signages uh, at the entry at the ball field and stuff. Those people, college level athletes and their teams and stuff this is the perfect place you could bring your whole team and take over my entire back porch oh yeah you know so you know I'm going after you know those markets so you know that is so luckily for me that's my job at the brewery is 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 marketing special events and entertainment David, my partner, he runs the day-to-day operations during the day, and we have a general manager at night who runs the, the, the night shifts. Then we have some key staff employees in the kitchen and the front of house and bar and stuff that, that kind of manage that. But you have to have a freaking solid team to be able to do this.
0: I, I, I want I hit, to hit a couple things that, that just just a recap for like we're, yeah. we're trying to talk to owners who are in any part of their business, but especially when you're new and you're operating or you're, you don't have the business that you want. Um, you didn't, you didn't, you're not just relying on one thing. You're not saying this one thing I'm going to do is going to work. You're not even relying on the fact that you've been busy, 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 busy. You're like, what, you're going to, you're going to bake this stuff into the community. And you just identified, uh, the neighborhood communities, the, the, the local print, the local radio. So uh, a very strategic approach to keep traffic in here. And I was going to mention, because I saw, I saw a print ad in one of the local papers and I was, oh, they, they've started the print as well. And that's important. Um, I'm also going to have to hit you up on the softball side. Uh, because <laughs> my, my, my kids play softball and, uh, yeah. and, uh, we'll, i love to have you as a sponsor for the, for those guys. So I'll, I'll follow up yeah. on that. But, but yeah, that's great. That, the softball community here is, is huge. Right. Legends Way, NTC. Uh, you can put a banner up there. Perfect crowd. We come in with our teams all the time. Yep. And, and exactly, we'll bring in 12, 12 families. Yeah. We'll take twenty-five people. We'll, lo- we'll love to have a back section. Yeah. Teams love that sort of stuff. Right. So you, as, as as a local restaurant, you want to be part of the community. You want to invite those teams in. You don't want to be a pain in the ass to say, "Oh, we don't want we don't want ten people to come in." Right. No, you want a team to come in. We, right, so we're we're going right. to we're about to drop a thousand dollars on your place. Yeah. We've had restaurants say, yeah. "No, no, no, we don't want. Yeah. We can't accommodate you." And guess what, we go to the next place that doesn't yeah. want our thousand right. bucks. So, yeah. so it, it is It is a good mentality. So um, the marketing pieces in place, you talked about, uh, we probably see some of the screens in the back. Um, sports, sports is a draw, people come for the games. How do you think about it?
1: Well, you know, it's one more revenue driver is how I look at it. I mean, we had a big decision to make uh, from a financial commitment to get the NFL ticket. Yeah. And when you're over 200 seats, you know, those guys started off. They wanted twelve grand for because of the amount of TVs and the in the places we had, and I stalled and stalled and stalled and uh, through the process, and it, you know, and I got right down to it like the week before the first weekend, and we ended up getting it for like five grand. It was you know, sure. but it's still a, it's a, so when you break that down, you have basically two. You have a one o'clock and a and a four twenty game on 16 Saturdays or Sundays and you got to figure then you break that down cost per one o'clock and four o'clock game yep. I basically having to drive $500 in revenue for each one of those things to get it because Thursday nights free Sa- Sunday nights free Monday nights free you know That's uh, right. and then you have some network games that are free but you know if I want those Philadelphia Eagle fans and not a Buffalo Wild Wings I' want them here. I gotta have it. That's I right. want those Patriot fans. I, those big games that mean something, you know, to a different markets. So we, so we pulled the trigger. We did it. You know, and we say okay. You know, Sunday is a day that is, you know, we get some families out back drinking, especially when it cools down. Oh yeah. You know, I think back. But sports is a very, you know, popular thing. And uh, there, this there's a big football community, but any kind of events. You know what? The World Series, basketball events. We will show those on TVs, and having 16 TVs gives us flexibility to put different things on for different customers. Some people want the Russian Grand Prix; some want soccer. I mean, there's a big soccer crowd here too. Absolutely. So we have that flexibility. I mean, we've spent a ton of money on that media cabinet with a touchpad to be able to change any TV to whatever we want, whether it's Spectrum or Direct TV. We got both of those of those things, and uh, you know, but it's a it's a cost. Yeah. But we look at it as okay, does it generate traffic for us? Yes, we hope it does. Even if it gets us to zero, it's still worth it because we're getting customers in that we wouldn't have had.
0: Well, I, c- you know? I can tell you, I could tell you as a consumer, it makes a difference. Uh, there's the places that have literally, you know, two small TVs above the bar and they're running whatever they're running. And if I have a choice to go to that or a place that has 16 screens, it makes yeah. a difference. I want to, I'm out on Friday night. Yeah. I know I'm going to be talking and drinking, but I do want to poke over and see my team playing that night. Right and I want to follow the scores. Yeah. I'm telling you it it yeah. I know it factors in my decision. Yeah. It does. It does impact people. And and the layout you have here um where they you can really see them. Yeah. You know, they're not hiding. I th- I th- I think it's great. So I I know that must have been a uh, a tough check to write, but I I think it's part of a yeah. part of uh, part of the process and um uh, the last thing the last thing I want to talk about today is, as we wrap up is is people. So the people equation of running a business, specifically a new restaurant where you know you need to hire a lot and probably go through, 5 I don't know, 50% of them in that first three months. Maybe yeah. it's a bigger number yeah. because they're not going to work out and you've got to find the right people because ultimately you do want great people in all these spots. Uh, and everybody we've had, every, every experience we've had so far has been great here. So you're doing something good with the people. How do you do it? What's your approach? What do you think? Well, um,
1: the hospitality industry, you know, is a, is a tough industry because obviously it's close to minimum wage tips and, and and things like that obviously bring the pay scale pay scale up but the, the very first thing you have to do to get good employees is you have to have a good positive work environment. you got to have a place where people enjoy working. Oh, yeah. We have people we get bombed daily with people wanting to work here because every one of the employees that work here they tell their friends about man we love working here even if let's say it's an off night or it's not you know it's not outback or karaba every night of the week people they love the music the tvs the other camaraderie and, and and truthfully we probably had to hire we have i think 60 employees that that work here and i bet we hired 200 to get to 60
0: Really? That much? i mean you're going to weed
1: out a lot of knuckleheads Gosh. you know you could tell you know what and and we kind of have a philosophy here we hire slow and fire fast yeah and uh and if somebody is a potential cancer you you know what, we we get rid of them as quick as possible because we don't want somebody contaminating the environment. And uh, so okay. we treat our people very good. We understand work balance. We understand family. We understand issues and life gets in the way and family, whatever that stuff is. And we have a, a high degree of understanding of that to a degree. You know, so then when we feel somebody's taking advantage, let them know, you know, here's the deal. And uh, But we want to, we want everybody, to, because if, if my worker's not happy, your experience is going to be part of whatever. If they're bringing their baggage to work, and then they got to wait on tables and other people, guess what? That baggage gets left at every single table. And... People have bad days and that stuff, but we try to encourage them to leave it in the car, leave it at home. If you don't feel you can give somebody a five-star service, then you know, let us know and we'll replace you on the shift. Yeah. So you know that that I guarantee you, you ask any of these employees that they love working. You know, everyone you see here been here from day one. Yep. The ones that are still here. I mean, we had some good ones, and we've been able to cultivate them and keep them. So you know a good workplace environment you can't yell at employees you can't call them names you know i i hear some of the stories from the employees that go to the workplace and i'm thinking like you know how do you expect to keep an employee if you treat them like a like a rabid dog you know i mean so you know we and and, and a lot of this comes with experience in david and i's age you know we're not millennials or first-timers in this business we you know, I've managed hundreds of employees in my businesses and stuff, and and I've learned everything I've learned I've learned the hard way. You know, and uh, and and that being the case, so you know our employees are our best recruiters. You know? That's right. We need more kitchen help. Go find me some, and they, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, that's the hardest area there is is the kitchen. You know, because they're not tipped, and they usually are. That's you right. know, prone right. to a little more trouble than uh, than the rest of them, but. You know, but you nil, nil going in. We had a job fair. We had two job fairs here. We had hundreds of people uh, apply, and and you try to dis- you know distilled their character very quickly. Yeah. I can train you for skill. I can't teach you a personality. You know, I can teach you how to make a pizza. But, yeah. You know, but yeah. if you got a bad attitude. I can't fix that. I,
0: th- I think I think it's personality first. Yeah, uh, yeah without a you, doubt. You can, you can train this. It is. I really think I think I, it's not not rocket science. But you're right. If you can get the culture that where your employees are fun and then they are driving your referrals to new people. Yeah. Then that's, that's where every restaurant wants to be. Yeah. And you want to have a, a backlog of sheets with people ready to come in. Yeah. Uh, should, should an opening come? And I think that's yeah. probably where you guys are now. You went through a lot. Now yeah. you're staffed and now you probably have people waiting, chomping at the bit for, for an opening yeah. to come in. And that's, that's where every restaurant wants yeah. to be. And, uh, uh any, any, in- any, any incentivizing the staff yet with, uh, contests or, uh, not games Not, or, y- or, not or. yet.
1: We're still trying to, you know, uh, actually today or tomorrow we finally roll out our full menu from four months ago. But that's a—it's an, an evolution of what sells. What uh, getting customer feedback? Yep. How's it going in the kitchen? What's the margin? You know, all of these things. How fast can we get it out? So. You know, there's, we're, it, it is funny, and I've been saying this for fun, We learn something new about every 15 minutes, Jamie. That's good. It's still yeah, yeah. four months into it. We still every day learn some new thing, you know, whether it's a, a medical emergency, it's a service dog that went haywire, it's a, oh, yeah. a whatever, uh, air conditioning leaking on that table. Keep but, but, you know, as long as you have the human element and you're doing live events, and we do a lot of live events, you know, there is an opportunity to learn something. Every time, whether it's love bugs, mosquitoes, or, you know, whatever, hurricanes. Oh, yeah. So, and then add the people element to it. So whether it's employees or customers, so, you know, I think, you know, we, we know we're going to continue learning as you just can't close your mind and, and not accept change in things and uh you know that's you know kind of the nature of the beast i did you
0: mentioned you mentioned the hurricane and we're here we're sitting in october and hopefully we don't have any storms but we did have a storm almost come through and, and came through and uh when i gave my presentation in, in the florida restaurant show I, I took a screenshot of your your social media your facebook where you guys talked about raising supplies for um for, for the for, for the Damascus, bahamas yeah and um and and my, my point in that when i talked about at the show i was like this is what a local community restaurant should do for their neighborhood. You should have the mentality of helping out and being a point. And I think it was the day; it was like the day it happened. And you were like, "We don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm going to rent a truck, bring your stuff, we're going to make it happen. Uh, let's do this!" And like people were yep. sharing it like crazy. Talk about that mentality. Well, you know, I think
1: that is part of being a good neighbor, good citizen, and good just karma. And if you if you give back to the community that supports you it cannot be a one way street you know and and i think you know it, it just it, even like the, the softball and the dance studios and all football teams and all the little league pop Warner stuff that that we we contribute to you know it's it's just the right thing to do and we have the a, a vehicle here and a voice with our uh, social media uh, followers and our customers that come in and they respond to that and you know if you know you know just so we have the opportunity to do it and I have the expertise and know how to do it so. You know, I, I, whatever the next one is, we'll probably be involved in that yeah. in, in, in some way. But, you know, I think it, it's like Chick-fil-A. They, to me, are the model citizen of a corporation that is so in tune to community support, community involvement. I mean, I don't know if Rocky ever says no. To a fundraiser or some type of youth program or development, and and I truthfully, I, I try to emulate how good of a citizen, corporate citizen, they are right. in, in the community. And if we could be half as good as them, I'd be thrilled. So it's funny that's a kind of an odd, uh, you know, business necessarily compared to, compare. to our business. But, but, but they, the they same are, thing uh, from a, a community support right. standpoint, people. I mean, we're, you know, we're, you know, I want us to be that, you know, that business that we're, you know, I, I, we get money from all those teens and kids and families that come in here. And if I have an opportunity to be able to give back to the community, I know it's kind of a, you know, cliche term, but it's very true. I mean, it means something to, we're all in this community and yeah. You know, our kids, our employees' kids are playing on that team, or they're in that band, or they're going on this trip, or whatever the case may be. So, if we have the opportunity to, like I said, to um, to be able to use our voice and our facility, and you know, have our customers, if they want to participate and donate, we provide the format that and that the place be. to do it. Yep. And uh, it, but we're learning. I mean, we're learning how to do this and uh, as well, but. You know, it's, so far it's been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. So,
0: yeah. uh, alright, we covered, covered a lot today. I, pre- I appreciate you sitting down. We talked about opening a new place, the excitement, but building into the opening profit, profitability right from the start. And I think that's a key now in this, in this business where margins are tight, labor this, rent that. You already talked about all the things you could do wrong. And if you get them wrong, you're closing the door in six months, and that's not what anybody wants. And so you gotta you gotta bake those things in right away. Profit centers uh, and profitability. So We talked about that. Talked about marketing um, and having a you know a silos feeding into your funnel. You got to con- continue to do that. So we hit on that as well. And then the people equation. So uh, I think we co- covered a lot a lot of key key tips for restaurant folks. I appreciate you sitting down as as we close. Uh, let people know the website, the social, anything else you want to leave them with. What do you got?
1: It's uh, ClaremontBrewingCompany.com is our website. Claremont Brewing Company on Facebook, Instagram. Um, you know, we have but sign up for our newsletter. We have events and uh, a live calendar on our website with entertainment uh, uh, all the way out till 2020. So if you're going to be in town next year, look on our calendar. We've got already something on the schedule. So Absolutely. thanks for ha- having me, Jamie. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate
0: it. I appreciate it. Glad yeah, to, I mean, glad folks, to be able to share. You got, you got to come in and check these guys yeah. out. They're doing a great job. The live music is just really adding something special to this community. So uh, this was running restaurants.com doing an on location session with Darren Johnson from Claremont Brewing Company. Check them out on the web, on social. We'll see you next time. Thanks.